You are listening to Operations Avenue, the podcast where your friendly neighborhood resource coordinators answer your questions before you know you have them. My name is Jess, and I am the resource coordinator for Area 3. Hey, it's Amber. I'm the resource coordinator for Area 1. Kimberly here, Area 2, CERC. Hey, it's Ruth. I'm your resource coordinator for Area 4. Amazing. Now that we've introduced ourselves, um, and hopefully you know our voices by now, but if not, that's okay. It might take you some time. Um, this episode is going to be about the most incredible topic, which is member engagement when it comes to committees. Committee. Yep. So if you have committees or if you don't have committees and you are wondering. Considering committees? Yeah. Yeah. And you're considering having committees, maybe. Your first question is like, how do we get people on these committees and then how do we get people to care about them? Spoiler, it's not by telling them what committee that they're going to be on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll get into it. We can take, you know, what they would want to. We can take recommendations, but we're not going to say, hey, you, finance. So. Yeah. Yeah. Don't mandate. (laughs) Yeah. First and foremost, right. first bullet point, let's just get it out of the way. Yes. Don't require everyone to be on committees if that's not a viable option for your chapter. Correct. If you have a big chapter, maybe not every, like, 190 people need to be on a committee. That's a lot of committees. Yeah. It's a lot of hands in the pot. But if you aren't requiring everyone to be on a committee you should have some sort of structure so that it becomes cyclical maybe you only need to be on a committee one term throughout the year or you need to do so many terms throughout your time in AKSI so that certain people aren't sitting on committees term after term after term while other people just continue to opt out of them make sure that however your program operates it operates with the best interests of both the chapter and its members. Mm-hmm. For sure. I love that breakdown. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty, pretty sick breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks, ma'am. If I can break it down even further. Please do. Um, w- let's just talk about what the recommended committees we have at the Heritage Center. Um, so we've seen all kinds of committees and we've even in like preparing for this podcast episode we like joked about like different kinds of like silly committees like the t-shirt committee or i know someone who was on a t-shirt committee i don't doubt that but the point of this sentence is that there are committees that make more sense and then there are committees that may make sense in the moment that can fall under a committee that is recommended for you the recommended committees that we have outlined and resources on the website um, are as follows. Colon. Compliance committee. What is compliance committee? Compliance committee would entail risk reduction and then also your judiciary committee at the chapter level. Um, so by say using the word compliance, we're kind of using like an umbrella term to where you can you don't need two committees to serve the same purpose. Um, kind of like what I was trying to allude to, not so intelligently, immediately before I talk, started saying these words. 
where you could have a risk reduction committee and you can have a judiciary committee, but with under a compliance umbrella, it could probably serve a better purpose. And the thing about umbrellas is if you have it be a compliance committee, you can have more members in that committee and either divvy them up if you do have, you know, a risk reduction section and a judiciary section, or if your chapter is smaller, you're not going to have judiciary hearings all, all the, the time. time. Hopefully. Right. Exactly. Fingers crossed that that is not occurring. But you should always be considering ways to reduce risk. So you can allocate your resources better if you have a better umbrella or name for your committees that isn't so... What's What am I... So finite in using like... So singular in purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. risk can encompass... Preventing risk can encompass more than just making sure you follow our risk policies. It's not just making sure that you follow like the na- national rule that the drinking age is 21. Um, it's making sure that you're you're giving your student members the resources like to make sure that like mental health is being taken care of or, you know, their personal well-being because that's also reducing risk. Um, and then the next one would be the Brotherhood Committee, which we would like to also encompass whatever your social committee would be. Brotherhood Committee to me is just programming for the Brotherhood. So kind of like we talked about with compliance being an umbrella for risk reduction and judiciary, Brotherhood can encompass a plethora of things. Social can fall under there. Professional development can fall under there. Morale. Morale. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a lot of members, you can divvy them up into these different sections under Brotherhood. But if you do have a smaller chapter, have it be one Brotherhood committee and then set up okay, you two are responsible for this topic, you two are responsible for this topic. Or everyone is responsible for coming up with one event and it needs to be, you know, mm-hmm. fall within these three categories. Right. The thing about committees and everything we're talking about is all of it can be scaled. If you are very large, you can totally blow this out to have each thing be a subcommittee. Right. Um, but it can also be scaled back into just the umbrellas we're talking about for smaller chapters. The next one, I think, is a committee that sh- is pretty self-explanatory. It's the service committee. Um, you know, the peeps that are like, let's plan like a t-shirt drive or, you know, something like that. Um, a little more encompassing yeah, kind of thing. Um, but the next committee, I think, is, a, is obviously super important, um, is the recruitment committee. Um because there is a lot that goes into recruitment um, and it shouldn't just fall on the vice president of membership. So it's it's super important to make sure you have that one, even though it totally could, if you will, if we want to split hairs, it could fall under something else. But since recruitment is such a big deal in this, and this organization um, requires two initiations, therefore two different recruitment periods, um, it should be like to me a no-brainer to have a recruitment committee. Oh well, and the purpose of having a recruitment committee does not just mean participation during recruitment week. The recruitment committee should be planning 
the next recruitment as soon as that recruitment week is done. So if you're on the recruitment committee in fall, you know, as soon as you have your pledges, now the committee pivots its focus and, okay, what is going to be our message for spring recruitment? What do those marketing materials need to look like? Things like that so that you are prepared. And that's especially important for a recruitment committee in fall because you don't have that big window of turnaround time like you do over summer. Mm -hmm. If you wait until the end of your fall term to start thinking about your recruitment plans, you've given yourself maybe four weeks maximum to get everything taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I know with my university that I went to, all the marketing materials that you would need to have hanging up in like the student union or anything like that, that needed to be approved and set up before leaving for winter break. So that is why recruitment committees are so important. People don't think about them after recruitment week, but that is actually when they are the most Mm -hmm. important and helpful. Yeah. I think almost the second recruitment might be more important. I think, you know, obviously both are important, but your second recruitment, you already know how many initiates you got from your first or pledges. So, you know, you have more of a goal that you have an exact number that you need to reach Mm -hmm. to be able to achieve your regional director year end size. Yeah. So that is, like you said, the one that you have less time to plan for, but in a way it's almost more important because, like I said, you have that number that you're striving towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And springtime is typically when other organizations, Greek letter organizations, aren't ha- that you may think you're competing with in hard air quotes, um, that aren't holding their main recruitment. So yeah, yeah. Um, and those are the kind of conversations you can have with the people who in these committees when you find out that certain people um, are super interested and passionate about recruitment. Uh, This committee would also just be very important for also understanding the recruitment culture on your campus, I would say as well. Yeah. You know, where do students most, what's, what's, uh, where do students most congregate to or Mm -hmm. what part of campus or like which office on the university campus is, you know, where you would go to get material for recruitment or get approval for certain spaces. So understanding the culture of your your university, definitely. It's important. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then in some cases, like the, the recruitment committee can just, you know, dive right into the next committee we're going to talk about, which is the pledge education committee. Um, so those two kind of go hand in hand, which is why we've kind of buddied them up in this conversation. Um, cause the next step is to educate your pledges once you have them. And the reason you need a pledge education committee is because while you might have a pledge educator who should be running the meetings, what happens if that person has an emergency and can't facilitate the module? Um, who's going to step in and kind of take on that responsibility? If you don't have a committee underneath you, there's no one who has guaranteed to give their time to that commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, you know, as we talk about all the time, the pledge's first experience or yeah, you know, their first tango their first with, encounter yeah yes encounter thank you their first encounter with the organization you want to look put together and professional because that is what we are all striving to be um so having 
those people who you can rely on to make sure that pledge materials are available, uh, helping you proctor the fraternal exam, walking around checking scores. Because I know if I was a pledge and I was done, but I needed to wait for you to check a dozen other people's computers, I right. <laughs> would not be excited to wait. Like it, however long that was going to take. Yeah, mm-hmm. it. It's probably more of a time commitment being a pledge educator than a lot of other committee positions, Mm -hmm. but um, definitely a very important and vital part of the chapter. Right. Sorry to jump in so quickly, Ken, but I I would also say just like with the electives that you select for your your pledge program, you know, having someone to just kind of like help, you know, that committee would be there to help with like more of the background stuff and, you know, facilitating electives, whether on campus or off campus. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the last two committees um, are super important, but ones that I have heard and also had experience with that they just don't get the street cred that they should. Um, the alumni committee and then the finance committee. Um, if if you think that your chapter does not have a good relationship with your alumni, I promise it is because the alumni committee is not being fully utilized. Mm-hmm. Um or you don't have one. Or, yeah, or you, don't, or you just don't have one, um, yeah. which would explain a lot of things. But the alumni committee, they're responsible for putting together a newsletter about chapter events, you know, to share with the alumni so they're up to date on what is happening. Um, planning events that are targeted more towards alumni further out because alumni, I mean, I'm an alumni. I have a life. I work and have other outside commitments. And I need to think about when I want to make that four hour drive back home to attend events for my chapter. <laughs> to Milwaukee. To Milwaukee. Wisconsin. Uh, so I, I need to know about those things well in advance. Um, it can't just be something like, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to, you know, meet for pizza tomorrow. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just also utilizing your alumni, they could be a great resource, you know, depending on what field they're in, like what they they could pretty much offer some good things to your chapter as well. Yeah. And the point of the committee is to for them to have a point person within the chapter who they know they can go to exactly uh, to say, hey, you know what, I've got this opportunity that I'd like to share with the chapter or, you know, I would really like to do this for the chapter so they know who their resource is. And then it's also one person for the chapter who can both share those resources and be responsible for putting together what it is you're looking to share with your alumni. It's definitely an, I would say, underappreciated, but very much needed. Very important, especially with this organization that has such a huge, huge pool of alumni um, and alumni that are so involved. on the on the like social aspect like we are like we have lots of alumni but they're not they're not as involved there's a big problem with being like i was this i was this but and i don't see that in akci um so if you don't have like people that are might be invested or really good at like public speaking or you know networking people or want to learn more about those kind of things find those people out and then ask them if they want to be on an alumni committee to reach out to however many alumni you have for networking events or professional development events or like donations to your chapter for literally anything right yeah. whether it's time finances resources they can provide to you guys yeah mm-hmm. definitely use them as a tool yeah 
Um, and then the last committee we recommend, uh, I said it already with a finance committee. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, not necessarily, in my opinion, has to be one that has a lot of like hands in the pot, maybe yeah. like one or two people, three at the most. Um, but I, if especially if you have a big chapter, having a finance committee, someone who like oversees the chapter budget, someone who oversees like the funds in general, the incoming and outgoing invoices and stuff. And then someone who is in charge of like the bank account and like the checking account, you know, just those kind of like things that are super important that are, that aren't a front facing job. Totally have a committee for that. And it's important to have a finance committee because obviously, yes, your treasurer will have access to all of your accounts, but you know, as we've seen, embezzlement happens when people have access to money that is not theirs. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and if you want to safeguard your chapter funds, and heaven forbid you don't think anyone's ever going to come in and take money from the chapter, but it it has happened, um, and it continues to happen, and it can devastate a chapter um, when that money just disappears. Um, and chances are that person will disappear with it. Um, yeah. And it's, it's so important to have, you know, other people verifying receipts before they're turned in for reimbursement or um, looking over the budget to make sure funds are allocated properly, whether that be for different events the chapter's holding or different committee um, resources that are needed. There should be someone looking over the budget. There should be someone auditing things. If your chapter has investment accounts, um, you want someone who is knowledgeable on that and overseeing that so that things, if the stock market takes a hit, you can kind of weather the storm a little bit better because you have someone whose committee job is to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just so important to to be smart with your money so that it continues to, to be available to you. Yeah. Um, so we kind of spat out a bunch of like overarching topics and then expanded on them as far as like what these committees would do and should do. Uh, but the first question, once you have those laid out for your chapter is who do we put in, in these important roles? Right. Um, so we would recommend utilizing like a member survey, um, to kind of see, what the, where the interests are, where some people's talents are, um, and even where people want to learn more about something, because that's important too. Because you can have someone who has no like prior finance experience, but they're a trustworthy person and they're really organized. Um, then and they want to learn, and they want to learn about it. Then put them on the finance committee. And it shouldn't just be a survey of rank what you want to do one through. I don't know. What do we have here? Seven, seven. eight. Yeah. Seven. Um, yeah. because that doesn't give you the full picture. Um, if someone says finance is their third option and then you ask them further down, like, what do you think are some of your biggest strengths? And they say organization and numbers, you know, maybe, They don't necessarily want to be on the finance committee, but their talents would be best utilized there Mm -hmm. Um, versus let's say someone picks compliance last 
um, maybe that's not something that you want to assign them just because they're already so disinterested in the committee, it wouldn't serve you well as a chapter to have them be on there. So you want to take into account, A, what their interests are, but B, things that they definitely just don't want to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're good at. Yeah. Right. The first I, place. Right. I wanted to kind of skip back to finance just a little bit, just briefly. Um, but with the VP of finance, um, when it comes down to just the finance committee overall, um, it would be good help to the VP of finance to have, you know, sort of a breakdown. So like someone to be someone to overlook like finances when it comes to like PBLI stuff, you know, because you may have a large chapter and you have a lot of members going. So just the collections and making sure PBLI stuff is paid for, then having someone for fundraising, then having someone for the pledge dues coming in and brother dues. So there's a lot of financial things throughout you know whether it's fall spring just the year overall um end of the year banquet you know just little things like that so that would help the vp of finance you know to have that committee again recommending three to four maybe two to three people um also just depending on the chapter size again um but yeah it gives it gives the vp of finance that breakdown to just kind of because it's just imagine like one person just overall overlooking brother dues coming in pledge dues coming in pbli stuff coming in convention stuff coming in you know so Mm -hmm. there's the purpose of their finance committee Mm -hmm. um and you bring yeah you bring up like a chapter officer over overseeing a bunch of stuff um what we it would be possible for a like one of the core seven officers to oversee uh, or at least like delegate in one of these chapter committees uh but it might be even more beneficial to offer like more committee chair roles in these committees because uh, there are just seven officer positions. And if there are people who would be an, an amazing officer and good like leader in your chapter, but they unfortunately were not given an officer role, having chapter committee chair positions for them to utilize is another option to get people engaged and interested in wanting to be on a committee and active in a committee um, so that they get more leadership experience. And that is the thing we talked about earlier in subcommittees. You can be a chair of a subcommittee while falling under an umbrella. You know, maybe there's no one specifically in a compliance committee, but you have a judiciary chair and you have a risk reduction chair. Um, If you have a really large chapter, then there are people in those subcommittees below the chair. And if not, it could just be the chair handling Mm -hmm. that portion of it, um, relying on the other chair within the committee. So again, everything is scalable, but I think it's important for people to have their own understanding of what their responsibilities are. So having a chair of a committee or a chair of a subcommittee um, really defines what the expectations are, both for that individual and what is expected of them and for whoever they align to, whether it be an e-board member or, you know, a higher committee chair mm-hmm. of what they can expect of that person. Yeah. As you guys are talking, I'm just like, these words are just popping up in my head. I'm like, ooh, Kim, good point. Ooh, Jess, good point. Um, because I'm just thinking of like, hmm, this would fall, like, I'm just thinking of like the importance of committees overall. Like this would help 
and your member retention. This would help in officer transitions. So I'm just thinking about that. You know, being a yeah. committee chair, definitely, that kind of sways you in the, you know, it kind of sways you and gives you insight on, okay, if you are going to potentially um, one day, you know, hold that officer role, you are a committee chair, and that will help you in your officer officer transition. Yeah. Helps you just know, like, what's actually going on in the chapter. Yeah. So you don't, right. if you get a position and you have no idea what you're doing. Right. That's yeah. not really going to be very beneficial. It'll be kind of stressful for you. So. Yeah. If you want to have a position later. Right. It'd be a good idea to maybe start on a committee if you're not sure if that's even something you're interested in. See if that's something you'd want to do yeah. and get that experience. Well, and circling back to that engagement piece that as Ruth just highlighted is if you want to feel like you, if you feel like you don't have enough say in your chapter, a way for you to make impact is by being a committee chair right. because it's not taking on as much responsibility as sitting on exec board. Right. Um, but you still get to be the decision maker of whatever area you oversee, whether that's, you know, pledge education and determining which electives you want to use and then facilitating those or, you know, whether it's finance and deciding, okay, this is where we want to invest our money this term. So in hopes that we yield this much return Mm -hmm. that we can utilize for, you know, a big fundraising event next semester, or if it is brotherhood and saying, okay, you know, we know that we are really good at brotherhood. So we're going to make sure that we're hosting one event per month and, whatever it is like you're the person who gets to make those decisions and it's a great opportunity for you to have more sway and expose yourself to more people in the chapter um, by taking on that role and responsibility yeah Uh, a couple like closing thoughts that are really important to tie back to getting people engaged and being a member of committees and getting them started uh, is to first and foremost make sure that your committees are set up and you have ideas or at least people moving and shaking on these committees um, and all that organized before the start of your term. Um, It's going to be super important to make sure that you know people get engaged and stay engaged uh, so long as you have your stuff taken care of so you're not getting to that first meeting and be like okay we need we're starting from scratch what committees do we have that's setting yourself up on the on the wrong foot well and it's just setting your timeline back because now you're wasting you know a week or two weeks even potentially longer just getting people organized Mm -hmm, that you're not spending organizing the actual things that committees are responsible for yeah so and to Jess's point, if you come prepared with all that information, it's a lot easier to be like, okay, Ruth, you know, you're going to be responsible for C and Jess, you're responsible for A and Amber, you're responsible for B. Right. Let's circle back in two weeks. And I expect, you know, everyone to either have completed it or be more than halfway, depending on whatever that task is. It's a lot easier to set those hard expectations and then follow up on them if you know what those are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you definitely hinted at the other piece that I want to close on is being considerate of your committee members' time. Once you have them, um, you want to keep them, and one of those ways to keep them in that committee and in that role um, is to make sure that you're not underutilizing them or over exhausting 
their time and their efforts because they are in school and they have classes and they may have a second job and they really want to be a part of this committee. But if you're not, if you're not being considerate of their extra extracurriculars and whether they say like, I can't meet here at this time, like, yeah, just being a butthead about it. Buddy up your meetings. You know, if, if the chapter meeting doesn't allow for a, a small committee meeting during that meeting, have your committee meeting before chapter or after chapter or say, hey, everyone, we need to have like a really good first meeting to get every, you know, a good chunk of everything hammered out. Can everyone commit two hours on, you know, Thursday mm-hmm. um, and then we'll get everything so well determined that we won't need to meet again for more than 15 minute check ins. Yeah. Um, if you set realistic expectations, people are much more willing to participate in that. Yeah, and commit more of their time. You, yeah. You'd be surprised at what you can get accomplished when you care about when people say that they have class or they have a second job, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they still want to participate. Um, it also just helps you stay organized and stay on track. I know people aren't going to want to do it if you just kind of meet and talk the whole time and don't get what get the work done that you're supposed to be doing right so mm-hmm. yeah we and, yeah go ahead I was gonna say and on that you know when you are determining what work needs to be done consider the people that are in your committee and what their strengths are you know mm-hmm. they filled out that form have that those responses be shared with the committee chair so you know if I know that just really likes graphic design it can be like hey you know what as part of the recruitment committee can you you know come up with a theme and put some flyers together for us and then if i know that ruth doesn't love public speaking i can be like okay hey can you be responsible for making sure you know we have table reservations and all the logistical stuff that's more you know in the background Mm -hmm. that isn't going to push her outside of her comfort zone but is still and, productive to the end yeah, goal. Yeah, and might not ultimately push her out of the committee. Yeah. Can we add, I'm, I'm sorry, I just keep jumping back and forth because I'm just like, things are formulating in my mind as, as we're just discussing. But like, um, when we think of committee chairs, um, let's say we have two committees that need to, what's the word, merge in a way. Um, committee chairs would be important just in the sense of, you know, uh, recruitment committee needs to meet with the brotherhood committee. Um, so those community, um, community, those committee chairs would be able to like, those individuals will be able to meet up instead of having to have your entire committees come mm-hmm. out. So, um, just going back to kind of shed light on the importance of committee chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think, Obviously, we could go on and on about this topic and literally any other topic that (laughs) we discuss, Uh, but I just want to close this out and say thank you again for listening uh, to Operations Avenue. If you have questions or topic suggestions, please feel free to email us um, at cerc at aksi.org. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.